Welcome to the Cine Siblings Podcast, Movie Draft, the podcast where two brothers and sometimes a guest choose a genre within films and draft the movies fantasy football style. I'm Ian. And I'm James. And James, we have a guest here today. I'm going to let you introduce him. All right. Today we have Jay from Broadsword Academy, Manitoba. He's the head instructor there. Um, Say hi, Jay. Hey everybody! Uh, nice to see you all. all right. Jay, where are you where are you from? Do you have anything going on? Uh, yeah, the... so I'm from Winnipeg, uh, Canada. Um, awesome. And uh, yep, things are going pretty good here. Our numbers are going up for COVID, unfortunately. So we're currently in lockdown for uh, past couple of weeks, but hoping to get off of that as as the cases start to lower a little bit. Uh, so I haven't been up to a whole much other, uh, other than work. No practice for me for fencing. Nice, yeah. nice. This is this is uh truly probably one of the more special get special guests we've had uh so far. And James, what are we drafting today? Well, we are drafting the great sword fights in cinema. Um so I think we're gonna get some uh unique perspective from Jay actually being a practitioner. I also <laughs> I know him through uh, the sword fighting community or the HEMA community um, that's historical European martial arts. So um, this is really an exciting one uh, for me. And yeah, I'm ready like for it. the epicness that is about to ensue talking about all these awesome sword fights. And normally we kind of ban something from it or ban animation or we don't, we're not doing anything. Lightsabers are fair game. But at least one of the instruments needs to be a sword correct yeah that's the idea um you know i i guess the the things that wouldn't count would be um somebody getting just doing slaughter with a sword and no uh no fighting back or something like that but um, which shows up in cinema from time to time but i think we're we're gonna have some fun with it yes sir all right, and as always, well, not as always, but a lot of times we play a little game to see who goes first. And we're going to draw from the deck of actors, and we're going to... Actors categories. Who we got? That's Joaquin Phoenix. All right. Jay, you want to lead us off? So I just start by saying a movie that he's been in. Is that right? Correct. That's correct. Okay, so Walk the Line. The Village. Joker. Okay, let me think here. Do I get do I get a second? You guys said yeah, the yeah, one five, that I was thinking of. Okay. Five, four, three. I'm drawing a blank. I know a bunch of his other ones, but I'm under pressure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, signs. I was about to say that one. Um, Gladiator. Um, well, 
I'm gonna um you out because I, I don't know. I can't think of one. I, I, I fall under the pressure too. It's not it's <laughs> not abnormal. I got a I got a bunch in the chamber. So yeah. All right. So I'm gonna go first. And I'm we're doing the snake draft style too. Yeah, so it's gonna be me, then Jamie, then Jay, and then Jay, then Jamie, then Ian. Right. And then Ian. Okay. Yeah. Got it? All right. All right, so round my, one. Yeah. Round one. First overall, I'm taking Yushu Lien versus Jen Yu, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This is Michelle Yeoh versus Zhang, Zhang Ziyi. And the director, Ang Lee, uh, 2000. This movie is incredibly gorgeous throughout uh it it is a very kind of like fantastical sort of sword fight right sure of these two friends and i mean this this thing has everything these two women are battling over uh jen yu she steals the green destiny sword the green destiny sword i mean so this it's got an iconic weapon in it and as they fight the green destiny swords literally chops through Every single weapon that they uh, that uh, Yushu Lian brings at her, and eventually, it's it's almost a draw, I think, because she Yushu Yushu gets the broken sword to her throat, but she does break the sword, and it's kind of like a, uh, in my opinion, it's a draw. Okay. You guys seen this? Go ahead, Jay. That was also on my list for sure. I love that that fight that fight scene specifically, just because they go through such a beautiful array of of all the different weapons that were used. I think there's even hook swords. Uh, there's two handed sword. Uh, some sort of of metal type of staff. I really love this because one of my first training partners that I had um, was. Uh, uh, a master of seven star praying mantis kung fu and he used to have all these crazy weapons um one of the funniest ones that he ever used was called uh what was it called a pumpkin monk staff or something and it has like this cage on the top of it for trapping weapons mm. and he was also one of like the a rare practitioner who was really really good at three sectional staff and he had won a lot of tournaments using three sectional staff so he did some broadsword uh, versus three sectional staff uh, and one time we got to, to uh, perform in front of, I think they were the Beijing acrobats is what they're called, really famous tour, touring acrobats that go throughout the world. And uh, they came by to the, the Chinese cultural center here in Winnipeg when we were training. And they just asked us, hey, what are you guys doing? Because we were sparring with weapons. And they, because they don't really, I don't think they see a ton of weapons sparring in China as much as forms. So they're kind of curious as to what we were doing, kind of crossing over two styles. And they watched us and, and had some fun. but. Um, so I, I find those Chinese weapons super endearing. They, they bring back a lot of memories for me. And also that was one of the big influences on me for uh, getting into swordsmanship was a lot of those like really uh, action-packed Chinese Kung Fu movies because they're just so beautiful. Like they've taken it to a whole other level of uh, doing the art for like display, for demonstrations, for, uh, for film. And it just looks so great on film because you can see it has like a real martial arts basis but it's just so flashy, entertaining, and, and it tells a beautiful story. Yeah, and one oh, yeah. thing you, I can want to 
talk about when this, a lot of the, in this scene in particular, um, the the bending of the weapons in this whole fight is like almost like a unique thing in these Kung Fu movies. You'll see it in another uh, movie I might talk about later, but a lot of them, like the weapons are always so stiff and uh, just like the bending was always something that like adds to the flair, I think. I, I believe like a lot of real swords mm-hmm. had, well, you have to have some flexibility with them, but a lot of stage combat weapons, um, they need a little bit more durability. Right. Um, and so they're either made, you know, to be very stiff uh, and sometimes heavy, or they're made to be very light, like say out of aluminum, but also still not, not so much flexible. So um, that's, that's kind of, I think one reason that you may not actually see that. I think one of the, the things that we, we probably do see is sometimes a lot of uh, attention is not paid to the, the actual stage weaponry used. Um, so people who are kind of in the know kind of go, hmm, not quite right. But in this case, I think we have a, a beautiful array of, of weapons. And these, and these actresses, I believe, this is them a hundred percent of the way through. I think they're both uh, very talented at, at what they're doing here as well. And credit to Ang Lee and the choreographer. Cause this is, I mean, it's my number one pick. It's obviously one of the best. And I think they tone down in this scene. They do a little bit. They tone down a lot of the line work. Cause right after this, they're literally flying through the, through a jungle almost. Uh, but they toned it down for this scene and it's a little more grounded than the rest of the film. Cool. All right, Jamie, it is your pick one now. Oh uh, yeah. I was thinking it was Jay's turn. All right. My number one pick, I am going to go with probably predictable for me, but from the film, Rob Roy, it's going to be Rob Roy versus Archie Cunningham. I knew I literally, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, it's really, it's just one of my all time favorite sword fights period, obviously. And it's Scottish. Um, it's broadsword versus, is it a small sword or a rapier? I'm, I'm it's a transitional rapier. Like it, I probably would have put a small sword in there, but mm-hmm. um, it is what it is. It's a sword, right? It's, and he kind of uses it almost like a spadroon, like he's cutting a lot with it mm-hmm. too. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of a, a, not really a mismatch of weapons, but you get two different styles of, of sword there. And it's not, you know, completely historically accurate, but it's not a bad depiction of one-handed swords, um, which is something that you see um, in, in reviewing for the podcast. I would see people using uh, sabers with two hands and they kind of grab it. And I'm just like, why, why would you do that? Um, and so it's, I think it's a beautiful fight. There's no score behind it. Um, it. It's incredibly tense. It builds, it continues to build up the tension and you just, you want this villain to die. Tim Roth plays an excellent villain. Um, and sure. then, and then the, the finish is, is kind of unexpected, except it, you know, grabs the blade, which you can do without cutting yourself. Um, oh yeah. I've seen, uh, I think it was the, the Phoenix Historical uh, Society, they, they 
they did, okay, look, we're testing this out so you don't have to. And they, they kind of showed that as long as your hand doesn't slide up and down, you should be okay. You know what's a good test of that, believe it or not, is um, when you're washing knives in the sink, mm -hmm. you don't cut yourself. It's because you grab it in a firm way on the flat, right? And even if the edge is against you, as long as it's not moving, that won't happen, right? So it's the same thing with swords. And in his case, he did get a little cut, but yeah. I'll yeah. let you continue with it. No, it's this good. That's what we do. Um, and, and it's just, it, you know, you, the Tim Ross character should have let go of the sword once his had been grabbed, and but he doesn't, and we're glad that he doesn't. Um, it's just, it's got a glorious ending, and he gets the, uh, the comeuppance that he so richly deserves. But that is my number one pick, Rob Roy versus Archie Cunningham. Hell yeah. Yeah, that, oh. that was a beautiful pick. I knew you were going to pick this. I knew it <laughs> 100%. Liam Neeson is a, a master, obviously. And uh, I think later after this, this is after Braveheart, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, it's anyway. like two years after. This is 1997. Braveheart's 1995. And then two years later, he gets cast in Star Wars to be a Jedi. So, All right. Jay, you got and anything? I heard, I heard that. Uh, yeah, I heard that during Star Wars, um, he was a much better fencer than a lot of the other people on there. So supposedly he played some tricks on them by beating them up a little bit. <laughs> but you know, Liam Liam Neeson. Okay, so I'm excited about this one too. Obviously, is on my list too as a broadsword fencer. Um, and yeah, you're right. Uh, not exactly historically how they were used, but pretty darn good. Like. Um, I don't usually look for historical accuracy in movies. I really just look for, you know, what looks good on TV, what tells the story, what I believe um, for the characters. And it hit all of those points like perfectly, right? And uh, there are a bunch of things that I liked about it. Like Liam Neeson, he's just, uh, he has such a powerful physical presence in it. Like you can just see how huge he is, how tall he is, how powerful. Yeah. And he actually moves super gracefully for somebody that's that tall. Um, you know, if you take a look at say boxers and you compare shadow boxing for somebody that weighs 200 pounds and is like six foot four versus somebody who's, you know, five foot five and quite light, um, you see that the, the smaller fighter always moves in a much more graceful, quick way. But Liam Neeson moves pretty darn good for such a huge guy. And, and I found that really impressive. I love that. And um, absolutely, like it was a cool mix up of different weapons that showed like two different uh, two different styles of fencing. Probably historically, Rob Roy would have would have been maybe more familiar with thrust fencing, as as was shown, um, because that was typically what people trained first with small sword. Though not not always. Um, there are some examples that say that you know the Highlanders stuck to cut fencing mostly, and they would usually fight to the first blood. Um, and and there's some really cool examples of some Lowlanders who would fight against Highlanders. Um, with broadswords, but the lowlanders would just use a cudgel with their their bonnet wrapped around their head and soaked. Mm. Um, so they're they're pretty badass too, going up against somebody with uh, a sharp sword with just a stick, and, and you know they they uh, would fight against them. But um, and I think that was from the actual book of Rob Roy that they talk about that. Nice. Um, but yeah, really really great. That's one of my all time favorites too i just think it's so satisfying when a bad guy gets killed in that one he's such an evil guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so satisfying and and just like they they do it justice they do it 
you know, some of the characters justice, some of the beauty of it, um, the suffering of it too. And I think it's a beautiful film. Cool. All right, oh, Jay. Yeah. Jay, it's your first round pick. Okay. So um, maybe I will go with my, my number one, which I'm glad wasn't said yet. Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, when uh, Aragorn fights against Lurtz. Nice. That's one of oh. my favorite. We were just we were just talking about Lord of the Rings and how we didn't I couldn't find one in Lord of the Rings. But this is like good. a one on one fight, kind of. Yeah, yeah, was, I couldn't think of it one. Yeah, Go this on. was my favorite. Um, so the reason that I love it is it starts off as a battle scene. It's at the end, kind of near the the fall of Boromir, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn are just kicking butt out there. You know, I've never seen a fight scene like that quite before. Uh, Legolas was amazing. But the, the, the part where uh, Aragorn is defending Boromir as he gets shot um, by, by the Urukai Lurts, it's just uh, amazing to me. I love when Lurts throws the shield at Aragorn and gets his head caught in, in the tree. I was like, oh, man. And uh, just, just how brutal Lurts is. And then you just see when Aragorn finally gets in and close with his two-handed sword, he's just so amazingly fast. And you see like, wow, this guy's a... He's really a skilled swordsman and he's using like this beautiful weapon that's perfectly, you know, counterbalanced in, in a way that moves around really quickly. Whereas Lurtz has a heavy chopping machete and can't quite keep up. And it just shows like, I don't know, it just showed the, the power and skill of Aragorn in such an amazing way. And, and uh, when he gets stabbed, he pulls in the sword inside of his gut, you know, yells at him. And then Aragorn pulls it out, cuts off the head. Literally, we went on opening night. Uh, I went with my dad and a couple of school friends. I think I would have been like 12 or 13 years old at the time. And the entire audience just like cheered and was shouting at that moment. <laughs> it was just, and, and I think that's why it stuck with me, maybe even more than the choreography. But actually the choreography too is like really, really well done. And obviously it's done by Bob Anderson, who is an Olympian um, and uh beautiful fight choreographer. And I think a lot of the stuff that we do from, uh, you know, a, a lot of the movies we pick might've actually been some of his work as mm -hmm. we discussed later on. Uh, interesting little fact though, is his, uh, he was my coach's coach growing up. Nice. Uh, Bob wow. Anderson. My coach uh, came from England and uh, his first coach was Bob Anderson. And then later Bob Anderson moved to Canada and he, he became the president of the, the Canadian uh, fencing association here too. Um, but, uh, it was, it was kind of interesting. So I always like to say to myself, you know, uh, my coach's coach is technically I'm learning the lineage of Aragorn and Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, doesn't get better than that. Right? Wait, didn't, yeah. didn't Bob, Bob Anderson, didn't he, he, didn't he do work with Errol Flynn too? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get more classic than that. And, and one of the points you brought up about this fight and then, you know, I, I kind of wasn't. I went, well, there's, there's some duels in, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I kind of, you kind of skip over the fellowship of the ring sometimes in your mind. And you kind of like, oh, well, the end is just, you think Aragorn, you know, and Boromir at the, the death scene. But I wasn't thinking about um, how fast he uses the, the two-handed sword, which um, our, our broadsword club shares space with a German uh, well, it's mostly German longsword. Um, they do some other stuff too. But one of the things you you learn pretty quickly is that, you know, if you think that these two-handed swords are slow, you're absolutely wrong. Um, and in a lot of ways, they're faster than a lot of single-handed swords unless they're, you know, really light like the small sword or something. But um, 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually think about that. And that's a really good uh, aspect of, of this fight and that it's, it is very fast paced. And I think um, Viggo Mortensen really did put a lot of work into uh, yeah, he did. learning swordsmanship and he came in late. Like he came in during production, not pre-production. Um, so, you know, that, that speaks to him as an actor and wanting to get it right. And he wouldn't use, I, I've watched all the, you know, like the making of right. stuff ad nauseum, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't use those, um, the aluminum swords. He would, he used his real steel weighted sword. So, and you talk about the, the shield getting thrown. Mm. My favorite is when he, when Aragorn throws the knife and Larys is just like, get this out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all, it does happen so quickly that you're like, Oh, Whoa, Whoa, what's going yeah. on? It took me multiple Yeah. He watches. just limps a little bit and then pulls it out of his leg. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty. And that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. That's good. That's awesome. I'm glad Lord of the Rings made it. Cause I was like searching for something <laughs> to take out. I almost settled on like, like was going to take the, uh, Aragorn versus the Ringwraiths on Weathertop, but it was kind of like it's kind of more. There's more torch than there's sword. More, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but it is time for round two, and Jay, you're going to kick off round two. Round two. Okay, um, so this is my one of my other all-time favorite ones is from the movie Hero when they're in the chess court and it's Hero versus I think his name is Sky and so there's one guy using the spear right and I, did I steal <laughs> your list. idea? Yeah, I'm so glad you didn't say it before. <laughs> right, Nameless versus Sky. So it's yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Nameless, right? That's his. That's his name. <laughs> Jet Li yeah, is nameless, and then yeah. Sky is and Donnie Yen. Donnie yeah. Yen. I was like, yeah. you can't get better than this, dude. Two masters. No. So I mean, the the first thing that's so beautiful about that fight scene, obviously, is the instrument that they're playing, and, and that's like an authentic. Uh, they call it. Uh, I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I spoke to somebody who is a doctorate in uh, Chinese uh, uh, music history. Um, you know, where do you meet these people? That's such a random thing to, to <laughs> right. uh, get a PhD in, but she was just like beautifully intelligent about it. Um, and it's, I think it's called the Gu Chin. And um, it, it's a, a really ancient instrument and it's uh, fretless, right? Um, so you, can, you get a lot of really interesting sound. It's fairly quiet, but really meditative music. And a lot of the oldest Chinese uh, music is, is written on some, or some of the older Chinese music is written on that instrument. So it's really beautiful. Um, the other thing is, you know, the, the raindrops play, play a part in it. And yeah. really the main fight isn't really a fight. It's just them visualizing what would happen. In their head. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really uh, one of my all time favorites. Uh, the, the, the music for it is just outstanding. Jet Li and Donnie Yen are like the two top guys you could pick for Chinese martial arts to, to do a fight scene together just gorgeous and you can see like what a high level of skill these guys have both as actors and as as uh stuntsmen you know absolutely stunning and it tells such a beautiful story you know you don't want either one of them to get hurt <laughs> because right. they're just like amazing people and it's such a tragedy when when uh sky or donnie yen does get uh you know killed i, I guess we're allowed spoilers because we're talking oh yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> Jamie yeah, spoiled the end of Rob Roy, so it's been yeah, out for long enough. But this, <laughs> but he, this happens at the beginning of the film too. Yeah, and I, I knew 
I had a feeling that it was going to get taken either by me or by you. So I, I was going to tell I was texting Jamie earlier and I was like, just go watch the first 20 minutes of, of uh, hero. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO max. Uh, it's just been a while since I've seen it. That was, yeah. you know, but it was a great but, film. This movie as a whole, I'm going to just break off into a tangent. And I just, I watched it today. Literally watched it after work today before this. It is one of the most gorgeously filmed movies of all time. The cinematography on this movie is incredible. The story is incredible. Jet Li is incredible. All that, I mean, I don't really, I can't really tell if like the acting is so good because it's not my language. So I'm not like to me every it sounds good like everything sounds on point but this fight scene like you said it happens in their minds it's them visualizing and the music like you said it is organic to the scene you know i love how they're like we want you to play one more song and then in their mind while this music's going in their mind they're kind of visualizing this battle and then when the strings break on that instrument then they they clash and it it is kind of the the effects are kind of a little dated a little bit the 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 very end with the raindrops <laughs> swirling around and you're like okay but it's still gorgeous yeah. it's still it, yeah it's definitely definitely still one from me well it does it does also play into the the whole idea of sword fighting particularly duels are particularly psychological in nature um, mm. oh yeah so so. And that's an aspect that's sometimes lost. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those things of, you can show it in facial expressions, but part of the problem is, is that sword fights also happen so quickly that it's hard to do that. And you're worried about choreography and you're worried about not hurting, you know, the actors are actually worried about not like hurting people um, too, because um, you know, that's, there's the propensity for that as well. So, you know, I like that, that this is, that psychological aspect is played out in this. Also, Donnie Yen, before Jet Li comes into the scene, Donnie Yen has his spear and he's fighting like five or six other guys with the leather spear cover still on. And he, uh, we were talking about bendy swords. This dude literally just bashing these dudes' swords in and they're all like bent and they're just like, we yield. <laughs> Oh, that, that yeah, was, I think they nice were representing uh, some of them. I think were might have been representing bronze swords because uh, it was set in the Qin Dynasty, right? And and a lot of the swords that were left over from that were um, bronze. Hmm. Well, that's something that you don't actually see, and I probably could play on on some of that. It's one of those things of there seems to be more attention to weapon detail there. So I don't know yeah. if that's if that's something that the um, Maybe it's because there's more of a, a a continued history of martial arts in the Far East. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I could talk about this movie for hours. So Jamie, it's your <laughs> it's your second round pick. All right. Um, okay. I I have a lot to pick from, and I really I'm gonna go with um, Ridley Scott's breakout film, The Duelists, um, and. I'm, there's a bunch of duels to pick in here. So which the one I'm going to pick is um, actually one of the perhaps less remarkable ones. It's the second duel. It's a duel with small swords. 
um, which for those of you uninitiated or, or rather, well, Jay, would you explain the small sword a little bit for those, because we, we've talked about them numerous times already. Yeah, so a small sword is kind of like uh, the sword that the rapier began, became. So if you picture like a musketeer sword, something that you see then, kind of a thrust pointy sword um, that with a nice thin narrow blade, uh, the small sword is kind of the, the form that it took um, somewhere in, in the 16, 1700s around then. And typically they have a triangular shaped blade. Um, so what's really interesting about them is uh, if you take the cross section, so if you cut it in half like this and you're looking at the blade, it'd be shaped like a, a triangle, um, but with a dip in it, a bit of a fuller. So it's a hollow ground blade. So it makes it super stiff, but super light. So it's a, it's a real engineering feat. Um, because those those blades are really good for um, for penetrating through um, you know thick clothing whatever without a ton of force on them because they're such a stiff uh, strong blade uh, and super light like a lot of them um, weigh as much as uh, some some modern sport fencing weapons right and right. I think an epee is around 700 grams or so um, that would be on on the heavy end some of them are, are actually quite light around 400 500 grams um, so really light uh, weapons. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, specifically usually made just for thrusting. Some of them do have a bit of an edge on them and there are different blade shapes, like the triangular one isn't the only one, um, but um, they're really elegant, again, but it's mostly thrust fencing. Right. Stabbing, poking. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So this is, um, all right, so Ridley Scott kind of wanted to get away from a lot of the cliche Hollywood stuff. And the, the small sword fencing in this film, I think is, as a not as non fencer of small swords is really good. It looks like things I've seen actual practitioners do. Um, and the other thing the this particular duel, um, it's, it's one guy and he's got like on a, it looks like an oven mitt, but you know, it allows you to kind of parry with your hand. Um, and it's so realistic because it's so short. Um, it's, I, I just love how quickly it's over and done with, and it's so realistic as to how much damage a little poke, uh, with a, a blade can do to someone. Um, and he kind of like, he, he picks him up, he, he stops and he grabs his chest and he's like, and he walks over to his, his, uh, second and collapses down and, um, he's not dead and the, the guy who does it, he picks it, he picks up his blade and brings it over to him and, you know, see if he can continue. He can't, the, um, you know, I think I, I watched every duel in this, in this film and the saber duels are a little bit poor. They're, you know, they, it, one of the things that does throw me off is the sound effects with the film. Um, the clanging of swords. Uh, so I guess it's Foley art. Stop it. Stop making swords sound like bars of iron that are hitting each other. It right. drives me crazy. It's like, it, they don't, they just don't sound like that. Um, and, but I, I just like it because it's just, it's like all the setup, you know, he's, they're standing there and they're, they take their, their, uh, their guards. And then he's like, wait, he has to sneeze and he's he you know he 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 like, okay he tucks his handkerchief back in his belt and he's and then they take a guard again and it's like i've i've seen that happen in fencing bouts you know it's like nope 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 
wait, okay. And it's, it really kind of shows the formality of the duel. Um, and I, and it's not just something that's done in, in the heat of the moment. And um, so I, I really like that about the film. Um, yeah, such an I've interesting- I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm going to add it to my watch list. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right on. It's, it's such really an interesting sad. thing to think about, uh, though, is uh, preparation for a duel. A lot of the time, us as fencers, is we're kind of preparing to fight everyone because you don't know who you're going to meet at a tournament. You know, uh, it, it's an co interesting concept to me to fight a duel because you're preparing to fence against one person. Uh, so I feel like if I could, I would creep on them. <laughs> if I could, you know, back then you wouldn't be able to find footage of them training or anything like that. But I would definitely talk to their partners or see if I could get come up with some sort of information about what they do, what school they've trained at, under whose master, what are they likely to do, what are they good at, and how to really counter it. What, what are they defeated by? Um, but that's my strategic brain going, you know, thinking about <laughs> What I, what I would do in those situations. Of course, as a person, I probably wouldn't be getting into many duels because I'm pretty agreeable and I don't take uh, insults too personally. We get a lot of them online uh, being <laughs> yeah. a, a YouTuber, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you can't take them personally. But uh, yeah, um, really, really good film. Again, yeah, the Sabre fight was maybe a little disappointing because like they're acting like they're way too heavy than, than they actually would be. Uh, but the small sword was really beautiful. And uh even just like the uh, other than other than the, um, uh, the the sound effects of the swords, just like even the sound and kind of like the uh, the vibe after somebody gets injured in the film seems really interesting. It's different than like the dramatic deaths you'll see from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. All right, and well, I, I think the the fight that he was in, at least one of them, I believe, was using uh, Hope's hanging guard. Hey, yeah. Sir William Holt. Yeah, somebody was using a hanging guard. Yeah, I noticed that and I was like, hey, I know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm lost. So I'm going to go ahead and take, I can't believe this has fallen to me. I'm super excited. My number two pick is going to be the Dread Pirate Roberts versus Inigo Montoya. I'm going to be that guy <laughs> from The Princess Bride. This has everything. Awesome choreography swashbuckling feel comedy uh you forget i'm not left-handed so <laughs> a Let's, plot twist a plot, yeah <laughs> or a scene twist for sure and i mean i talked about the princess bride in our family movie draft i took it and this is probably one of the most iconic sword duels ever in film and like i said i can't believe it fell to me um but i'll let you guys talk about it really? i think the thing one of the things that i like about it, the historical thing is he names a bunch of like real historical masters i think he says capoferro tybalt mm -hmm. i can't remember who else maybe somebody agrippa maybe i think it was agrippa so somehow the author of it dug up a bunch of like historical manuals i think from the book um which is pretty amazing, but also uh, the weapons look really nice. They look really good. Uh, and it's so funny and entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It, the, 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 the switching of hands, I think is probably the most iconic and going ahead. It's like left-handed. Oh, well me neither. And then you're like, Oh, now the sword fighter is really going to start in it. It's, it's just, it's fun. And that's sometimes I think, what it what movies should be they just need to have some fun and but there's you know 
it's got tension too and right just like every good fight should but i think this is probably it's it, it's definitely deserves to be on the it de- deserves to be drafted for sure oh yeah was it on you guys' list at all uh no but it was because i knew that it would be on one of yours okay <laughs> i was trying I to know. pick ones you wouldn't get <laughs> I, know. Fair I, I knew it was going to be on his list too because he was like you're going to pick all this weird random stuff and i'm i'm like you'll be fine <laughs> right all right round three And that's, oh, it's me again. So, as you can see, I'm quite a Star Wars fan. I'm going Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. This is the flashiest. This is the best. This is the stakes have never been higher, except for maybe in Return of the Jedi. But this, uh, this is the duel to end the prequel trilogy of star wars this is something that has been building up in the star wars lore since 1977 uh when we hear about uh anakin skywalker being a jedi knight um luke's father and this is just one of the best choreographed yes it gets a little silly here and there but the ending of it uh, is incredibly emotional. And uh, if you've been invested in these two story, these two's friendship uh, throughout the entire Star Wars saga, then it is uh, definitely deserves to be on somebody's list. And it's on mine. So I'll let you guys talk about it. Jay. Yeah, it definitely did it justice, I think. Like, uh, um, it was it was everything you hoped it would be and a little bit darker and some parts you didn't want to see, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely always gives me chills whenever I see it, especially, you know, the ending and everything kind of the tragedy. I think they did a really good job of that. And even the ending of it where he's in the Vader armor, you know, after being so badly wounded, you know, right. I, I thought that was just really, really well done how they tied it all together. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of, I think, the, uh, the Clone War um, the one attack of the clones, the one prior to that episode uh, two wasn't a huge fan of that. And, but episode three, I loved, absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, I feel like there's, there's aspects of this, this sort fight or lightsaber duel goes on for quite a while. And I almost wish that they don't, they didn't intercut the other scenes between it. Right. But I, I think they may have done that too increase the length that they could allow this to go on um but i kind of just want to watch an edit of it straight through you know absolutely Um, but we do get uh it's i think it's intercut with yoda and versus the emperor yeah it's not like there's an action break or something that yeah which is also intensity which is also a great uh a great duel in itself and uh it it juxtaposes Obi-Wan at the end, Obi-Wan's this is a meme, Obi-Wan has the high ground and Anakin uh thinks he's too good and gets chopped essentially in half. But then Yoda loses the high ground 
and knows he's beaten and runs away. He flees from the emperor. He knows he's beaten. And I think that, that it's intentional. And all, this whole scene just backed up with John Williams. Just like, yeah, it just knocks the score out of the park. Um, but yeah. And I think my- those are pretty typical cut scenes for, for Star Wars films. So like mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to episode one during the fight with Darth Maul and everything. And there was a lot going on at the same time. So they would kind of cut from action scene to action scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of built into a climax. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. All, All right. right, Jamie. It is your round three pick. Uh, okay. Well, I have y'all haven't get y'all haven't stolen a lot from me. So I'm gonna actually go with the Musketeer. The not a great film, but it's the final duel with Tim Roth as uh, Fabre versus Justin Chambers as D'Artagnan. You would love um, some Tim Roth villains, man. I, I hate him. I love him, but I hate him. Like it was, I remember watching Lie to Me, um, his his show where he's like the lead good guy on Fox. I'm like, is he going to be a jerk? He's kind of a jerk in this show, so it's got that house vibe. But right. <laughs> I'm like, on, it took me a long time to warm up to him. But yeah. Um, anyway, this, this final duel, is, I don't, you know, I, I tend to like more realistic sword fights, but this one popped into my head and I, I don't love it for the realism. It's not realistic at all. Um, but when rewatching the scene, I was thinking, you know, this is kind of reminiscent of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or, you know, a lot of these Hong Kong films. And I'm, and then I look it up and I'm like, oh, so Hong Yan Yan is the stunt coordinator for this film. And so it's got that Hong Kong film fight kind of feel to it. And they're, you know, fighting on ladders, on barrels, and tumbling down stairs. And one of the things I was thinking of um, with the stairs is like it's kind of a nod to all the Errol Flynn fights, you know, uh, the classics where you're fighting up and down these these stairs on these sets. And this just takes all those different aspects of using the the um, the scenery and the setting uh, or the stage pieces and just amps it up to eleven. And it's, it's just fun. It's absolutely fun. So that's my pick for number. This is the third round, right? Yeah. Number three. What movie is this? The The Musketeer from 2001. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember that. It's on this. I remember like not expecting it to be like Chinese uh, sword fighting and just thinking Mm -hmm. that was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just threw me for a loop, I guess, when I first watched it. Because I'm going like, oh, you know, it's going to be like, you know, Disney Three Musketeers, like standard, fun, good sword fighting. And I'm like, what is this? And that's kind of, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good subversion of expectations. It's like a Knight's Tale. You love that, right? Which I didn't love at first. I had to grow to love that one. Anyway. I don't know that I've ever seen this movie, but I see Justin Chambers as D'Artagnan and that dude is in Grey's Anatomy. I did not realize that until like I looked him up and I was like going, I know who that is because my wife watches Grey's and I started watching it with her. Which guy is that from Grey's Anatomy? It's uh, Alex Karev. Oh, it's Karev. (laughs) I didn't realize. I I watch Grey's Anatomy with my wife too. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'm literally, I really literally watched like 
five episodes last night with my wife of the most recent season <laughs> they put on Netflix and they're like in the process of writing him out of the show. And I'm like, what are they doing to this mm. dude's character? But anyway, side tangent. Mm. Uh, all right. So that's your round three pick. Jay, it's, it's up to you, man. Okay. So I'm kind of torn right now about which one I should go with, but you know what, uh, since you mentioned Errol Flynn and the staircases, I just wanted to bring up Errol Flynn in Robin Hood. Nice. Um, there's a really cool scene. Uh, I, I, I remember, I think I rented it from the library when I was a kid because I think around the age of like 10 or so, I was really into Robin Hood. And I used to watch that old Rocket Robin Hood. And, you know, I, for some reason, I really liked him. I had a couple books with him, fighting with quarter staves with pictures. And I think that was one of my big uh, interests in kind of older uh, European martial arts was just in some of these stories. But there's uh, the one scene uh, where he is fighting up some staircases. And what's really cool about it is you can tell that it's really based on modern or not modern, but really classical saber fencing. So they're doing kind of cut and thrust play. You can see them uh, parry and tierce and, and uh, Sagand and, and use some of these nice positions and, you know, parry the head and there's some nice thrusts. But aside from that, like, that wasn't super important to me because I didn't really understand it at the time that I was watching it. Um, uh, Errol Flynn is just, his movement is just so good, right? Like when he kicks, mm -hmm. when he kicks the table at the guy or, you know, when he, he does like a thrust and he really like lines up for it and, and goes for it, he just moves so fast, right? And, right. and it's not, it's not sped up in any way. Um, I think he, he just like, he was a person with really, really beautiful movement and he had clearly spent a lifetime training, fencing, training, you know, uh, all the things, riding, everything, right? And and it just really shows as like very heroic, nice posture, really balanced movement without being artificial or fake and still telling the story. And it looks it looks like a fight in earnest, you know? Yeah. I, I really love that one. Is this is this his duel with uh, Basil Rathbone? I believe so. I think okay. so. I, it, I haven't really seen it much since I was a kid, okay. but it just really stood out to me. Um, and I watched it again recently. <laughs> nice. So yeah. we are talking about the adventures of Robin Hood from 1938, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Got it. Yeah. Because was... there's 8 million Robin Hoods. <laughs> for the, for the, <laughs> the one you... with Errol Flynn though. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so that, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and Basil Rathbone is, is one of those, he's, he's a, of that era, golden age <laughs> villain. Um, you know, he's, he's like your nineties, Tim Roth early 2000s hell yeah yeah i mean this dude's a legend right like everybody the, the a lot of the modern films yeah i mean you got um some of the musketeer movies um pirates of the caribbean all these are just pulling from his work in this in his films and uh, yeah so definitely has to has to be here somewhere right either you're trying to one-up Errol Flynn or you're trying to not be like Errol Flynn like right you're you're he's the, the gold standard of cinema from that you know and and so ingrained I think in the psyche so or the I guess if we have a cultural psyche I guess if that's your your thought on it but yeah and you can really see the way he moves is different. Like mm -hmm. uh, you can tell when a lot of actors like Pirates of the Caribbean is a good, when, when it's the actors that are doing it um, and not, not stunt people, you can really see a difference between the way that they move in Errol Flynn, right? 
like just in the speed, the, the aggressivity and, and um, like, it, it seems like that guy was like born with a sword in his hand or something. He must've been training from a very young age or, or at least to a very high level um, because yeah, his movement is just so sharp and he looks like a swordsman when he does it. Like he looks like he's going to hurt somebody versus some of the slower choreographed stuff, which is very rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's one of the things that I found that really stands out to me is just him being in it. Nice. Round four. Jay, you're up again. Oh, right. Okay. So the next one is uh, Mark of Zorro from 1940. Oh. And that is, is that yours? You got Are one you from my list. <laughs> okay. That, that, that has got to be uh, probably the best fight scene, I think. Maybe the best one um, for, for accuracy. of Like they're doing such complex fencing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks so fast and sharp. They have beautiful stances, and it's a fight with uh, very light um, dueling sabers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just so beautifully done. Like you, even their outfits, the boots that uh, one of the guys is wearing, like those uh, uh, horse riding boots that he's wearing, like knee high. Um, his stance is perfect. Like when I when I watch this, I think those are my fencing goals to look that sharp and that good, right? And they do lots of complicated blade actions and everything. Then they go for a thrust. I think he hits. Um, does he hit a, a bookshelf behind him at some point? Yeah, it's it's something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, I rewatched it, it. It's yeah, and he just like ducks underneath. It's like awesome. It's so it's so fast and beautiful. Yeah, it it is really fast paced. Um, this is uh, Tyrone Power as uh, Don Diego um, and versus um, Basil Rathbone as Captain Esteban Pasquale. Um, I I just saw it as being like classic Hollywood kind of sword play, but nothing going too too crazy. They do like at the at the opening he does that that chop through the candle thing. Um you know it's like, every Zora movie ever. Yeah. Right. Well they did that with uh Disney did that also with um uh, the three musketeers where you got like Charlie Sheen and uh Kiefer Sutherland and, and stuff playing these guys. Um, and you know, I was like, going, that, that's a, that's a Disney thing in it. Um, and so it, it just was one of those things I'm like, going, all right, I'm seeing this, this go through. And it was just really is a, it's just fun to watch and isn't, um, is it, I don't know if what the style is that they're using, but one of the things that, um, somebody told me and it's not it wasn't a practitioner of uh spanish rapier um fencing but he was talking about it and it has this idea of there being it's it's very like kind of straight straighter stances and and a lot of attitude uh involved with it and you kind of see that um in this a little bit Uh, not you know not overly much but there's definitely a lot of uh fun attitude that goes along with this scene so good pick hell yeah all right jamie let's hear your round four pick all right i am gonna go i did a fun one last time i'm gonna go into some realism and it is actually it's a it's to me it's one of the more realistic sword fights out there it's like an older older style um, stuff's a little bit played up for the film, but this is 
a fairly new film, 2019's The King. So it's based on uh, Shakespeare's Henry treatments. Um, so it's Timothy Chalamet, I think that's how I pronounce it, as Prince mm -hmm. Hal or Henry V, and Tom Glenn Carney as Henry Hotspur Percy. Um, you stole one from me. I got one from you? I've been telling you to watch this movie, so I'm glad you okay. watched it. Good. Um, so without too many, I'm not going to do a lot of spoilers on, on the film um, since it's, it's actually fairly new and still, you know, widely available for streaming, but it's a really good depiction of an armored fight between knights on foot. Um, these two men are in full plate armor. They go at it with swords. Um, they're going for some thrusts at, you know, the weak points in the armor and the armor actually protects them when they're struck. I mean, they get their bell rung a little bit here and there, but like I, one of the, my, my pet peeves now watching film is like, well, why are they wearing armor at all? If it's not, if it's going to be cut through like butter. Yeah. Um, I mean, the me thing that, is but... it, it's made out of the same thing as the sword is made. <laughs> right. <laughs> Emily asked me that we were watching the Mandalorian the other day. She was like, why the stormtroopers even wear armor? They get <laughs> right. killed. Like, I was like, well, you, bulletproof vests don't like stop. I mean, they stop a bullet, but you still could get knocked unconscious. But yeah, armor yeah. in this, sorry, in this is, is super realistic. And I, this whole yeah. fight is super visceral. Yeah. I remember. I mean, they ultimately just wrestled to the ground and the fights yeah. actually ended properly with a dagger um in a weak point right in the, in the armpit i believe like it's that's if you were gonna actually kill the person and not take them uh for for hostage for ransom then that's what you were gonna do and the swords are a little wrong they, you know i've watched some videos talking about the shape of the blade not be and that's i think just a an inattention to detail but they generally fight with them as though they were more proper blades um, but yeah, I, I agree. Ian, go ahead. You were talking about how visceral the fight was. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these fights in movies, it's like they have infinite stamina. And in this one, they're like rolling on the ground, like gasping for air and, um, just almost in like in the mud, in the muck, just everybody's watching this duel happen. Um, and, man just like i said the visceral nature of it i've never seen something so seem so real before in a film and this one definitely captured some sort of realism for me have you seen this movie jay no that's why i'm totally silent on it, it. Gotcha, sounds like i, I gotcha. need to watch it though yeah this movie is pretty good yeah. it surprised me because a lot of the netflix movies you're like eh whatever it'll be all right i mean it's basically free right and then this one i was i was uh very surprised at how good it was it's a real ensemble cast though it's one of the things i'm kind of yeah no well netflix has been killing it man for sure they're in a lot of debt but okay <laughs> well they're making good movies so yeah enjoy them while you can well yeah all right so it's back to me yeah all right, well, I'm going to be that guy again. And I'm taking The Bride versus The Crazy 88 Kill Bill Volume 1. This, uh, this scene is wacky, crazy, unrealistic, totally 
nonsense, but it works on so many levels. Uh, she doesn't actually fight 88 people, but she fights something like 44 people. And a lot of Tarantino films uh, are violent, obviously. Ultra-violence is kind of the theme here. But he had never done something so large. I don't think he'd ever done a scene this large, this choreographed and this planned out before. Um, with this many people obviously the earlier in the movie there's awesome fight scenes but this one is just crazy and the ultra violence of the whole thing kind of just adds to it i mean she's snatching people's eyeballs out in the middle of this whole thing and uh she's i think she's referred to as the most dead the deadliest woman alive or something and this definitely this scene definitely uh proves that but and there's some you know some little like mini boss fights throughout the whole thing it's she's running across tightrope running this this scene is definitely uh awesome in every sense of the word fair enough what y'all think i totally agree it's a wicked it's a wicked scene those are really good movies i i I really like that one um you know i i think about like some quotes from it and everything one of my favorites was when uh the the sword maker is making the sword uh and he says you know if if you should encounter god god will be cut by the sword and just like whoa that's it that's a pretty deadly sword (laughs) (laughs) right yeah yeah and then in that in that fight scene she really proves it eh like whoa you see like the the awesome power of her and, and the sword and it's cool that, you know, she's, uh, she's doing it. Like she, she looked so good in that movie. She looked really, really good uh, yeah. doing that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I talked about earlier in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is the iconic weapon, the iconic sword. And the Hattori Hanso sword is the iconic weapon in this movie. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love this scene. I like, I do like this movie a lot. I think I like the first one more than the second one, but whatever they're just they're it's one story so yeah jamie what you think no i mean it's been a while since i've seen this this particular one it's not my favorite but you know that's why i didn't draft it it's not bad i um, mean the blood squirting out everywhere it's certainly um yeah pretty memorable the great like i'm just i can see it in my head like you know the, I, and you talk about the blood squirting everywhere it's like yeah this it's it's classic and you know, it's a good pick. All right. Well, you took my number five pick, uh, with the, uh, Prince Hal versus Percy Hotspur. So let's head into round five. And it's my pick again. And I'm going to need a second guys, because there's a bunch that I could choose from, but I don't want to take another Star Wars. I'm not going to use Star Wars as a clutch. A clutch. A crutch. (laughs) Uh, So let's go with Hector versus Achilles in Troy. You stole one. Ah, got it. Hector versus Achilles in Troy. Brad Pitt just choose this. Just choose the scenery up in this movie. And, uh, the movie as a whole is kind of like, 
eh, it's it's not the you know it's not the uh the iliad or the odyssey or whatever but it, it is the iliad though right but it's not <laughs> like it's not a true no it's it's more of a a, a more down grounded down-to-earth reimagining of it right right it's not like they they adapted it but it was like loosely based on the story of the iliad anyway so hector versus achilles uh brad pitt versus eric banna what happened to that guy um I like well him. he got he got killed by uh <laughs> <laughs> by brad pitt in this movie and <laughs> this one, there's no spoiler warning here <laughs> no, no absolutely not it doesn't I get more to... iconic weapons duel between it than achilles versus hector all right so this this scene starts off versus like it starts off they're fighting with spears Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot of that in films, and I thought that was super unique. And that's uh, the spears are broken, the shields are like Brad Pitt has that shield with the cutout in it, Achilles, and he's like poking through it and using it. That was always that's uh, always memorable for me. And uh, yeah, the, this movie as a whole is kind of not memorable, but this scene is definitely memorable. Well, one of the things that stuck out to me with this scene is it's a sword fight, although it does start with spears, which I, I appreciated because one thing people forget is they think of swords as always having been the primary weapon, and it really isn't. The spear was the primary weapon of the soldier. Especially, especially in, this, in this time period. Oh, yeah, well, the, the age of the, the phalanx, yeah, there's no, there's no question. But the other thing about this that I, I really love is they use their freaking shields oh yeah use the shields um they don't call it you know sword and shield like that's that's a term that you know the hand in hand for a reason because and i think you brought it up earlier jay with um i think it was the hero when we talked about hero you know those swords being made of bronze these swords would have been made of bronze and you can't keep bronze sharp for very very long and it gets beat up and and they just you can't sit there and parry metal on metal with, with these things. They're your sidearm. These are short. You have some really fun choreography with it on the film. I, I guess I would have liked to see the damage um, to the, to the bronze swords to kind of go, yeah, this is why they don't make these any bigger than they are. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's definitely a fun, a fun little duel. Brad Pitt yeah, loves to um, jump and, there was some research done on Bronze Age weapons. Uh, Robert Brooks from Hot Spur School of Defense. Um, he worked with uh, a doctor at, I forget at which university, um, but they tested to see what kind of damage uh, would be produced on replicas um, of, what's that guy's name? He makes, I can't remember, think of his name right now. He makes really beautiful uh, copies of, of Bronze Age weapons, replicas of them. Perfectly accurate. They're just amazing. I can't think of his name right now. I've read about him a lot and seen his stuff. Um, but they used his weapons in it, and they showed that a lot of the patterns that we see on um, uh, surviving examples of bronze pieces are from the edge-on-edge contact, like Robert Brooks did, where he does uh, he does a lot more like early medieval German stuff, where they do binds and stuff like that on the blades. So some of the battle damage showed that they were using a lot of edge-on-edge contact, like, hmm. like they did later in the medieval, which is something kind of interesting because, um, again, like bronze being, uh, a, you know, um, not quite as strong as steel, 
a lot of times we don't think that they were used. But yeah, there's there's examples in the Iliad of people bending their swords back into shape after battle. Um, yeah. that, that's written about it, but they were pretty resilient. They were pretty resilient tools. Um, and I really liked that during the scene, a lot of times they looked like some of those, uh, some of those ancient Greek warriors that are on uh, vases and some of the poses that they were in, right? Like it really looked like if you took a snapshot of it, it might be something similar to the, the way we see that like athletic display with these guys with massive thighs, you know, <laughs> uh, bare thighs on, on, the, on the vases, just these manly beasts, right, uh, in, in ancient Greece. And they say that, you know, supposedly their hormone, uh, steroid, or not steroid, but testosterone levels were way, way higher than ours are today. So that wow. may be a, a very good uh, representation of what they actually looked like. Um, but um, yeah, I really loved it. I love that they used the spear. I love that they used the shield, that he was turning the, the, the spear around. You know, they ended up getting damaged and broken. Really cool scene. Um, is it 100% accurate? Probably not. Like, it's really super flashy. But then again, like, I don't care. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, this, I don't think this can be accurate. Like, Achilles is sort of this half god man, right? Yeah. like hercules in so many ways um but yeah that's my yeah, number it should be fantastical you know it should be amazing yes. right yeah for yeah. Sure. sure and uh the use of the shields is very creative in this in this um scene as well but that's my number five pick all right so my number five pick is going to be i'm gonna do it Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Graham, the Black Knight. Graham Chapman as King Arthur versus John Cleese as the Black Knight. It's a absolutely horrible sword fight, but it's great cult comedy. Uh, it's just, it's one of the more, it's one of the most classic Monty Python film uh, bits of all time, and it deserves, deserves a mention. So I am going for it. Um, I remember seeing it as a kid. I remember probably watching this film long before we should have as kids. Um, we didn't understand half of the jokes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, like the, just the, the casual nudity in Monty Python films that like just, I was going like, oh, what the, but this, this is just so good. It's just so fun. So it is, it is classically hilarious. I mean, so many quotes from this alone. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm surprised. Like I didn't even, I didn't even think of it. I didn't. Yeah, not I even didn't on my radar. It either. <laughs> but I've seen it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a. I'm a <laughs> I think mom mentioned. No, I mentioned that one to mom, and uh, she actually has a, a drawing that you didn't finish of like a knight or something. Ian and she's Great. like she's like oh this is a, like the black knight and she, she says she's gonna scan it and send it to you oh my god hilarious all right all right okay um so i think this might be oh no i guess i get two right now or um maybe nope. my last one this is your last this is your last pick oh, my last one okay yeah so uh, my last one is uh yojimbo um the bodyguard uh, old black and white uh movie um really 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 good um it was by the same director i'm, I'm forgetting his name and i shouldn't forget his name because it's akira uh, so kurosawa kurosawa that's what it was kurosawa um I, I was getting it mixed up because we just said hattori hanso from <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm really bad with with japanese names but um Kuros, kurosawa 
um, directed it. And uh, there's this fight scene at the end where Yojim, uh, the, the bodyguard finally confronts all these bullies that have been ruining the town. Um, and uh, there's, it, it's, um, I recently saw a picture of like the Mandalorian pays homage, homage to this um, uh, scene um, where it's exactly like in, in the last episode that just happened. Um, anyway, uh, like they have shot for shot, identical, identical yeah. moments as oh, this wow. fight. We nice. were actually in a com- we were actually in a conversation on Twitter about this, oh, uh, yeah. the Mandalorian with the Kurosawa, which I mean, George Lucas is biggest insp- inspiration for Star Wars was Akira Kurosawa. I mean, the Star Wars in itself is a uh, retelling of one of his films. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, right. so that was an awesome fight scene because um, one of the guys has, one of the leaders has a, a pistol. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like a six-shooter. Um, and um, as soon as he draws it to fire, um, the uh, swordsman has taken everybody on, like dodges off to the side, it misses, and then he just slaughters everybody. Everybody has swords. He ends up letting one guy go because the guy cries out, mommy, you know, like and he gets <laughs> terrified. And um, it, it's kind of a shocking a shocking moment you know it, it's funny at first when, when you think about it and then it's just so tragic right um because i i think of a lot you know myself as a as a mental health therapist i work a lot with gang members and and so many of these kids kind of get wrapped up into it um because that's their life those are the cards that they've been dealt in life right you know and they're pressured into it by uh, society pressures by friends by family you know to join that life and and he spares them and he says that children shouldn't and it's a he's a adult but he says children shouldn't play with swords right so the oh. guy puts a, uh, i think he drops his sword and runs off well he says go home spares. to your mother that's that's what he says he says children shouldn't play with swords he drops a sword and he says go home to your mother right yeah that was so good and i just thought that was so powerful how he just let him go like that yeah. and then wow. even his opponent as, as he's laying on, on the ground uh, he asked, like, he doesn't, he wants his, his gun back. And he said, you know, I fired two shots. There's nothing in there. And of course, he's, he's tricking him to, to try to shoot him, right? Uh, but he ends up bleeding out first. And, and it's really shocking because, like, you can just see the blood pooling out on the ground. And it's a black and white film, but it still doesn't take away from the power of the moment as this guy's bleeding out. Like, it's just such a beautiful, disturbing film, like, really visionary. I don't know. I loved it. And it looked really good. The swordsmanship looked like, uh, historical it looked accurate it was awesome and clear like they made it clean enough so that you could follow everything that was going on Akira nice. Kurosawa is a uh, a master of his craft and this scene I mean his the cinematography is incredible and this isn't so that sort of super jump court jump cutty sort of action you would get in like uh, some of the prequel Star Wars stuff or some of the uh the Bourne movies. It's like this really quick jump cutty action that you get lost trying to follow it. But it's, it's this clean, like you said, it's this clean, smooth, and he just one cut, one cut, one cut. He's just mowing these dudes down. And man, uh, it reminds you of sort of, anime where these people are just going like like jumping like just gliding across slicing people as they go and yeah this this i mean kurosawa is one of the best filmmakers of all time and this is one of his best movies too so yeah 
All right. So it's Toshiro Mifune is is the actor in in this. That's that's yeah. I I know that I know that stuff, but I mostly just read it as subtitles, and I've never said it out loud before. Right. <laughs> so I have he, one other friend a, who watches these with me. <laughs> Mifune is, or Mifun. It's Mifune. Is yeah. He is in most of Kurosawa's films. I think yeah. they believe I believe they had a falling out later, but uh, I think in his older years he came back and did another movie with him but yeah this the an incredible pick incredible movie all right i think it's time for the recap now yes ian lead us all off. right my f- first pick is yushu lien versus gen yu and crouching tiger hidden dragon my number two is the dread pirate roberts versus Inigo montoya and the princess bride my number three is Anakin Skywalker versus Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. My number four is The Bride versus The Crazy 88 in Kill Bill Volume 1. And my number five is Hector versus Achilles in Troy. All right. And Jay, your top five were? If I can remember them in order, I think. I didn't write them down in order. I just have my notes all blurred all over. Um, I think my first one was Lord of the Rings, uh, Alerts. Uh, the second one was Hero in the chess court, uh, uh, Nameless versus uh, Sky. Um, the third one was... Um, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, uh, Errol Flynn, and then Mark of Zorro. And uh, finally, the, the last one I had... Yojimbo. Um, Yojimbo, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and James' top five was Rob Roy versus Archie Cunningham, Liam Neeson versus Tim Roth, and Rob Roy. Uh, then I picked uh, The Duelists, uh, the second duel um, from that film. Then I came to The Musketeer, the final duel, Tim Roth as February versus Justin Chambers as D'Artagnan. And then jumped to Netflix's The King with Timothy Chalamet and uh, as Prince Hal versus Tom Glenn Carney as Henry Hotspur Percy. And finally went to, to round it out with Monty Python and the Holy Grail's King Arthur versus the Black Knight. Hells yeah. All right. All right. Quick, uh, quick honorable mentions. Oh, I do have to do our our mother, the the mom's mention. So I was giving her my list to see what she thought because you know our mom actually listens to the show, and so <laughs> um, she said that we should include. She asked if we were going to include Raiders of the Lost Ark, Harrison Ford um, uh, versus the Arab Swordsman. So that's a, shoot some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Terry Richards uh, playing the Arab swordsman in that. So um, that's the yeah. famous stunt guy, right? He's yeah. Also the big German at the end, right? Yeah, he's 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 a really big guy. But yeah, that was Mom's mention. So uh, Jay, what was what's one of yours that uh, didn't make your top five, but still left? Um, I definitely had uh, Seven Samurai as well. Okay. Um, I just liked Yojimba's fight scene a little bit better, but Seven Samurai for sure. There's a fight scene where uh, the guy says, "You're uh, you would have died if these were sharp," and then um, they end up. The guy can't handle it. They end up drawing their swords, and and sure enough, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, hit me. Oh, me? All right. Yeah, uh, 
I'm going to go with Connor McLeod versus the Kurgan in <laughs> Highlander. This is so 80s. It's so awesome. Queen is the soundtrack. you got the sparks flying everywhere, which is actually caused by uh, car batteries hooked to the swords. And as they hit each other, they sparks literally, the sparks literally fly in That's this an, fight scene. A new spin on electric fencing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so... I, I'm i going to do uh, Die Another Day, a double of seven. Pierce Brosnan uh, <laughs> versus Toby Stevens. <laughs> this one, it's, it's so fun, and it reminds you of the time when uh, James Bond was still a tongue-in-cheek sort of film um, with, like, a twinge of serious, but, like, since Daniel Craig's had it, it's, you know, he's, it's far much more like a serious, like, Bourne-style film. You mean but, way like, better? Sure, it, I, I I prefer it that way. But like watching this fight scene, I'm like, they go from sport fencing to like all these other different weapons and everything, and um, you know, they, and they just kind of keep escalating it until the fight's broken up, and it's like it's not to the death, you know. It's it's just it's this cool scene. So that was my fun. Awesome. All right, Jay, hit me with another one. Um, this one's kind of cheating because it's not from a movie. It's from an anime series. Um, it's Berserk um, Griffith versus Guts. Um, there's just this beautiful scene where uh, it's super brutal. Guts is super brutal. He ends up like grabbing Griffith's sword with his teeth, holding it in between his teeth. Uh, Griffith ends up getting him in an arm bar at the end and like actually pops out his shoulder because he won't yield. And then after that, he's like, you're mine. You belong to me now, right? Just like awesome, awesome fight scene, awesome story. It's probably my favorite anime. Nice. Some reason my dad rented this from a video store for me <laughs> when I was like twelve, and that's just he wrong. walked in while I was watching it. He was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been searching for the original everywhere, and HBO Max has like the remake of it or their, not their as new good. series. It's not. A, I've read. I was like, should I watch it? And they're like, everybody's like, no, don't. Watch the original. <laughs> um, All right. Oh, I guess it's me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go one. with Ray and Kylo Ren versus the Praetorian Guards in Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Say what you want about the film. I have said since I watched the movie that Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi has some of the worst Star Wars of all time and some of the best. And this is by far one of the greatest lightsaber duels in the series um it's just insane the the whites the white and the reds scenery with the guards and all that yeah it's definitely cool uh scene fair enough all right well i'm down to two left on my list and since you picked a star wars one i'm not i am actually gonna go uh this one Shout out to my, my son out there uh, who's been watching all the Pirates of the Caribbean films. I'm going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow versus Jeffrey Rush as Captain Barbosa. Um, so I particularly enjoyed this fight scene because now while it's not like awesome in so many ways, it's clever because they're kind of basically dealing with the fact of being undead versus not undead. And it's, so it's got something special to it that kind of makes it a unique fight um, that a lot of other sword fighting scenes lack. Um, so it's like, eh, yeah, you stabbed me, but I'm really a skeleton. Look, you know, it's like, so it's got that little fun tidbit in there. So one of the, one of the greatest plot twists, right? Is that Jack Sparrow's dead the whole time. 
<laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like the, the six, six cents. cents. <laughs> I thought it was because he took some, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, that's that definitely, definitely a worthy All scene. Right. All right. Well, this has been our greatest sword fights movie draft. And Jay, thank you so much for uh, joining us. It has been, a, it was a lot of fun. It was super epic in every uh, sort of the, sort of the word. You wanna... Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Go All ahead right. and plug your, your YouTube channel, Jay. Yeah. So my YouTube channel is called Broadsword Academy, Manitoba. Recently I posted a lot of, I have a whole playlist for solo training for COVID-19 because we're all locked up. So uh, if you guys are new to swordsmanship, you can basically grab a stick from your yard, use anything that you want to and check out my YouTube channel. I'll run you through the basics of Highland broadsword swordsmanship. That's kind of like what you would expect out of Rob Roy in the fight scene. Um, mm -hmm. Broadsword, a, a basket hilted broadsword from the 1700s, but it also applies to uh, a lighter spadroon or maybe a military saber. It was all used in the same way. So any sword you like, uh, grab a stick if you feel like it, follow along and I'll, I'll run you through it. It'll be a good introduction and something fun that you can do during COVID-19. Yeah, and this is a awesome. sword, sword style that I do too. And it's, uh, it's Jay, you're, the, you're pretty much one of the best out there. So I'm Thank glad you. that you came on. Um, so I need to go hit those videos up because I feel like I'm getting out of, out of practice. All right. Well, as always, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, we are we post these unedited videos on YouTube and uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Jamie, go ahead and sign us out. Well, this has been the Cine Siblings Podcast Movie Draft. I'm James. I'm Ian, and that's Jay down there. All right, peace out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cine Siblings Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cine Siblings Pod.